0: Welcome to Had To Be There, the podcast that allows you to explore the world's greatest destinations through the stories of those who have been there. Here to ignite the wanderlust within, your host and favorite travel planner, Kelly Acevedo.
1: Namaste, and welcome back to the Had To Be There podcast. I am your host, Kelly, and this is episode 61. In today's episode, we will be speaking with a pretty extraordinary woman. After a successful career in education, Patty Lefkos kicked off her retirement by attending journalism school at the age of 60. Since then, she's been traveling the world and changing the lives of people in it. I really can't wait for you guys to meet her. But before we jump into that conversation, thank you uh, for everybody who has been leaving reviews in all the places, Google, Podchaser, uh, Listen Notes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify ratings. I so appreciate it. If you are listening on Spotify, don't forget to participate in the poll in the episode show notes. The last thing we need to do before jumping into this conversation. OK, 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 OK. So much news from the world. So, hey, put your sound up. You know why I think it's time for a weekly roundup, weekly roundup. Oh, Welcome back to the weekly roundup. I have some exciting news to share with you, starting with the announcement that came last week during Disney's halfway to Halloween kickoff. Mickey's not so scary Halloween party is returning to Walt Disney World Resort. This spooky event will feature spellbinding entertainment, delicious themed food and beverage, and of course, your favorite Disney characters dressed in their Halloween best. Guests of select Disney Resort Hotels, the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin Hotels, and Shades of Green can purchase tickets for the event starting April 27th. That's this week, guys. And tickets will be available to all guests starting May 2nd. And before you ask, yes, of course, you can hop online and purchase those tickets for yourself. But if you happen to know a travel professional who specializes in Disney, why not reach out to them, help them meet their sales quotas, they will appreciate you. In other news, Walt Disney World Resort is bringing refreshed cabin hideaways to Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground, offering guests a private retreat in the midst of nature with many of the comforts of home. The cabins at Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort A Disney Vacation Club Resort is projected to open in 2024, and it will be the 17th DVC Resort. If you're looking for a tropical getaway, our Fiji Preferred Properties are offering a $300 booking credit when you book seven nights with Fiji Airways for travel. And if Hawaii is on your travel list, you can save up to $300 when booking at least three nights on Oahu and five nights on Maui, Kauai, and the Big Island. Finally, if you're looking to set sail, book select MSC Cruises and enjoy free drinks and Wi-Fi, plus get up to $200 on board credit to spend however you'd like. The booking window for those promos are good through April 30th. So don't miss out. So those are our big highlights for now. Join me again next and every week for more travel news and promos from Disney and beyond right here on the Weekly Roundup. Prepare to embark on an epic adventure to a land of majestic peaks and awe-inspiring natural wonders. A place where the air is thin and the spirits soar high. Welcome to a world of untold beauty and breathtaking vistas, where ancient temples and monasteries meet modern cities and bustling bazaars. Join us on an adventure to a land of mystery and magic, where tradition and spirituality are intertwined in a tapestry of colors and sounds. From the snow-capped peaks of Thavis Mountains to the lush jungles of the lowlands, this is a destination that will take your breath away at every turn. Fasten your seatbelts and get ready for the ride of a lifetime. As we explore the wonders within together. This is Nepal. Patty, welcome to the Had to Be There podcast. I am so excited to chat with you today.
2: Well, thank you. It's great
1: to be here. Before we jump in, why don't you take a minute and introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us a little about you. Sure.
2: Um, I grew up in Toronto, Ontario. I was the youngest of three kids, always following behind my older brother and sister. Mm -hmm. Uh, I grew up and went to uh, University of Toronto, got a degree in education, and I became a teacher. Then I moved west and uh, to Vancouver and taught there and was a principal in the inner city area of Vancouver. Mm. Very, very um, rewarding work. Stressful, yeah. challenging, but extremely, extremely rewarding. It was uh, wonderful work, and I was very, very involved in being um, an advocate for inner city children and their families and the refugees that came from various parts of the world. So very rich cultural experience. Wow. Along that along the way, I married an outdoor guy, a fellow teacher. So we were both Mm. very involved with our jobs during the week. And on weekends, we were out in the mountains skiing and hiking. And I was following him all the time, (laughs) 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 just like I followed my older brother and sister.
1: Oh, that's so sweet, though. I love it. Do you remember when you were first bitten by the travel bug? Uh, probably, um,
2: if I back up a bit, I was lucky enough to do what is uh, what was Ontario grade 13 in Switzerland in a school, wow. not a finishing school. It was an academic school, mm-hmm. but I got to live in Switzerland for a year and my view was out across Lake Neuchâtel to the Alps. And I think that's when I fell in love with the mountains. And I came home to Ontario and, you know, stayed for another eight or ten years. But I was quite um, disappointed how flat Ontario was. I didn't kind of realize it before. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so I moved out, as I said, to Vancouver and became a teacher there.
1: Amazing. And I know that once you uh, finished your teaching career um you kind of started the next chapter of your life um and have been traveling yes
2: Mm -hmm. well um I'd always wanted to be a writer and I'd kind of put it out put it aside so Mm -hmm. when I was 60 when I retired I went to journalism school for a year and I was a apparently the oldest in the class, of course. All the, I love that, though. All the kids were about 25, and they helped sure. me a lot. And um, But I still you know, I was kind of like, a, am I an imposter? Will I ever get to be a writer? But at that point, when I was finished um, J school, as we call it, we moved up to Silver Star Mountain Ski Resort, and that became our permanent home. Mm. And at that point... We got passports. I had a passport for the first time since leaving Switzerland in 1965. Wow. And then we started to travel because I really wanted to be an adventure travel writer.
1: Oh, I love it. Do you know how many places you've been able to visit?
2: Um, Well, You know, we had been skiing and hiking and stuff around North America and we didn't you didn't need a passport in those days. But our first trip was to the UK and we walked the coast to coast hike. And that was my first time backpacking more than three days in a row. And then we got very brave. And I mean, my husband was a mountaineer. He had done lots of climbs and stuff. I had not. So we got brave for the next trip. We went to Tibet and uh, mm. we flew into Beijing, and then we went west to Lhasa, and then we hiked a three-day hike around a sacred mountain called Mount Kailash, and the high point of going over the high pass called Dromala was nineteen thousand six hundred feet, <gasps> and that <laughs> that was my first time at altitude. Oh my but gosh. you know, we went very very slowly, and I was fine. Uh, we were both fine. Still, of course, hiking behind my husband. I did actually write an article joking about that for a magazine. Mm-hmm. It was called Ode to a Derriere because I always thought
1: <laughs> she'll watch
2: ahead of me.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's very clever.
2: <laughs> and then. Uh, in um, the next trip, you know, we wanted to volunteer kind of to give back. We had all these teaching skills. Sure. So thought, but you can't really do that in Tibet with the Chinese government. Um, you know, it just it's not that easy. Mm. So the next best thing was to go to Nepal. So we, in 2011, we set out for three
1: months of trekking in Nepal. Wow. And, and again, that's the story you're going to share with us today, yes, right? that's how
2: it started, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Amazing. So now at this point, if you don't mind me asking, when you start this planning for this trip to Nepal, how old were you guys?
2: Um, I was 65 and Barry was 64. I married wow. a, young, a younger man. He's a year younger. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah.
1: Wow. And what drew you to to this region? What was it about this specific region that you were like, yes, we want to do this, but this is where we want to do it?
2: Um, Well, the mountains, of course, and Mm. some of them, you know, the Himalayas are the most famous mountains in the world Sure. Um, and the culture. We had loved the Tibetan and Tibetan people we'd met. And the Nepali Mm. people are kind of the next closest to that. Sure. And that culture. Um, Nepal is 80% Hindi, Hindu, but 20% Buddhist, and we mm-hmm. love the Buddhist culture and yeah. had heard the Dalai Lama speak several times, and I'd, we'd read a lot of his stuff. So
1: wow, that
2: all came together, I guess. Yeah.
1: Amazing. So tell me all about this experience. This had to be their experience that you had.
2: Well, first of all, we had this three months of trekking in Nepal, which was wonderful. And... Then we came home and we thought, OK, the next trip, we're going to go back to uh, volunteer at the village that, um, where our porter and our guide were from. Because we'd heard a lot about their families and their village and mm. we thought we could go and teach in their school. And we were getting kind of planning, getting ready to leave in 2014. And my husband, Barry, ruptured his Achilles tendon. No. And so, of course, he couldn't go. And, you know, my my father was not too well. My sister had been diagnosed with early onset dementia. And mm. one of my best friends had cancer. She beat it. But I thought, you know, if I don't go now, I might never go because I might be next. You know, at that oh, point, geez. I was almost 68 at that point. Wow. And so I went. And those, I went by myself. Wow. I, I asked for the same guide. And you know we'd become really good friends over that first three months, and I trusted mm-hmm. him, and I trusted the trekking company. So I said, "I'll go as long as Raj is outside the airport to meet me." <laughs> 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 and the dear boy was, and we went off. And those the, those three months changed my life. Wow! And there were really three inc- main incidents that triggered it all. I volunteered in their village, you know, and. Uh, teaching, which Mm -hmm. was very interesting, very different from our teaching. But, you know, it was it was tough, but I did it. And the last day they took me to a village where that had received no help from the outside. And I was the first foreigner to visit the village because it's way off the trekking routes. It's Mm -hmm. not even on the map. You can't find it. And those people welcomed me heartily. And they asked if I would help them build
0: a school The Had To Be There Podcast is brought to you by Vacations by Kelly, where your host becomes your travel agent. As a proud affiliate of Academy Travel, Kelly specializes in Disney destinations and can help with all non-Disney excursions worldwide as well. When you book with Kelly, you're getting much more than a travel agent. You're getting a personalized concierge-level travel partner. And the best part? Her services are completely free. It's true. So when you're ready to make your next travel dream a reality, Vacations by Kelly is ready to make it happen. Visit hadtobethere.net slash vacations to get started.
2: And I thought, they must think all Westerners are rich. You know, what What can I possibly do? And I right. left feeling like a real imposter that Aww. I led them on to think I could possibly help. But then... Uh, Raj and I went trekking in an area called Upper Mustan for a month. And it's a fairly high altitude toward the Tibet border in the north of Nepal. And I met a wonderful monk there who was the head of the school in a village called Chosur. And it was like talking to a colleague principal. We just chatted about education and mm. what we can do for kids that can't afford education. And he really encouraged me that I probably could make a difference for the children in that village that had asked oh, for my yeah. help. And then on the way home of the track, um, about five days before getting back to the airport to come back to Canada, Raj and I took a route that he had not taken before, and we went to find this really uh, remote cave monastery. And you had to go down a long valley and turn along a river and up many, many, many steps up a cliff. Mm -hmm. And we went inside and found three giant Buddhas. And it was probably the most magical place I have ever been. And you could do a walk that went around the back of the Buddhas to gain merit you know and they had butter lamps um burning all the time so there was a lot of soot and i slipped and fell um oh, no. on my hip and <gasps> i'd already been in two car accidents that had hurt my hip Oh no. you know years before i was okay but i was kind of my weak point mm. but and we still had four more days to track out of there
1: oh, my but, you goodness
2: know, i made it out and i uh, that strength really stayed with me and when I put all those things together, I arrived a different person back in Vancouver. I was more confident in myself, uh, more an equal partner in our relationship. Um, mm. Yeah, wow. and so I started a nonprofit to, you know, raise money to build a school. I joined my local Rotary Club, and they got on board, and we built a school that now has three hundred. And fifty students, kindergarten to grade ten. Oh, I just got so, goosebumps uh,
1: all over my entire
2: body. <laughs> yeah, and and I gained enough confidence too that I wrote a book about it, and that's my first book, Nepal One Day at a Time, and it's uh, one woman's quest to teach trek and build a school in the remote Himalaya. And uh, it if it doesn't sell really well. And I'm what I wow. wanted to do was inspire people probably you know more older women to get out there and do stuff like go past your comfort zone yes you might be uncomfortable and yes you might fall and these things happen but that you can make a big difference you know if you do that and you join with others and then people would ask so how'd you get to be that kind of person that would do that, yeah. And so I wrote my second book, which is called "Grounded by Granite," and it's about growing up on a remote island in Ontario, cl- you know, fairly close to Toronto, where I spent all my summers as a kid, um, learning to paddle and row and swim and be an outdoor kid. And it mm. wasn't; it was more like jumping out of your comfort zone as well, because it certainly we didn't have electricity there until I was thirteen. And it wow. was on, an, you know, it was on an island, so you had to get out there by canoe or rowboat. Sure. Yeah, so we learned all these skills, which I took for granted for years. I thought everybody knew how to row a boat and paddle right. a canoe, <laughs> but apparently they don't. Anyhow, wow. so, yeah, that trip really,
1: really changed my life. Yeah, that's really incredible, and honestly, that's such a uh, teacher move. Like I have so many friends who are teachers and Mm -hmm. they just, they don't see anything as being impossible. Um, you know, they see a problem and this is what we're going to do. And I don't know how we're going to do it, but darn if they don't.
2: (laughs) I know. I know. I've worked with some fabulous teachers, particularly in the inner city schools, you know, where you have Mm -hmm. so many children that don't speak English and they're they're having a difficult time. A lot of them live in poverty and, Mm -hmm. you know, they just raise those kids up. They're pretty amazing. Yeah.
1: Wow. That's the whole, your whole story is just so inspiring and empowering I feel like oh, I could go you. and like take on the world right now
2: <laughs> um <laughs> but, but that's not all we're getting ready for our mm-hmm. next next event we've hiked together and separately about 700 kilometers in oh uh, I don't know what sorry you're American kilometers five <laughs> 600 miles or something um, in Nepal And there's a trail that runs from the west end of Nepal to the east, and it's 1,500 kilometers. So we're going back in August to try to complete some or most of the rest of it.
1: It's called the
2: uh, the Great Himalayan Trail. And what we're doing is getting people to sponsor us for the Mm. length of places we walk so we can get school supplies and things for the kids.
1: Oh, my God. Mm.
2: That's incredible. Just booked our flights today. We've been (laughs) pouring Ah, over the maps for quite a while. It's happening. (laughs) Mm. It is. It's scary. Oh, my gosh. Mm.
1: That's really something. When we go,
2: I'll be 77 and Barry will be 76. (gasps) A young, strapping 76. (laughs) Yes. But we will be going, as they say in Nepal, Bistari, Bistari, slowly, slowly. (laughs) Hey, that's all. That's all it takes. Slowly yeah. but surely, right? Yeah. So we're oh, going amazing. for We're going for four months, so we'll have
1: lots of time. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. That's in, that's really incredible. I feel like I just keep saying that, but I'm really <laughs> just trying to wrap my brain around it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so am my at times. <laughs> so for those of us who have not. Visited Nepal. Uh, why do you think that this should be on people's bucket lists?
2: Oh, um, well, you know, most people would say the scenery, and mm-hmm. many people would go to Everest Base Camp as their first trek. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, in fact, the trekking company we go with, Ace the Himalaya. Their seventy percent of their business is the Everest Base Camp trek. Frankly, it's overcrowded and horrible. There are so many other places, (laughs) other places where if you're by yourself um, or just yourself and a friend or two or three friends, Mm -hmm. you get to meet and spend time with the people. And they're so wonderful and welcoming. They invite you into their homes for tea. And, you know, it's just it's they're an amazing they have they have very, very little, some of them. But that doesn't stop them from being welcoming and friendly and helpful. So that's a pretty fantastic culture. Yeah. And, you know, they also, the Hindu and Buddhist cultures get along well. They they respect each other's culture and religion Mm -hmm. and respect each other's, um, for instance, a, monument, a small monument on a trail is called a stupa or a chorten. If mm-hmm. you are a Buddhist, you must go around that in a clockwise fashion. If even if your guide is Hindu, they'll explain that to you. Oh, you know? interesting! Yes, they they respect each other's cultures and they tell tell you about it.
1: You know. Oh, so, I love yeah. that. That's mm-hmm. I feel like that's such an important thing for people to hear right now. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> that, that That's a real thing. And that's possible for us to do. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing. Could I ask you, Patty, some questions about maybe some of your other um, travel experiences, um, like some of your Favorites, air quotes, favorites, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a favorite local food or drink that you've discovered while traveling? Oh, in uh, in Tibet
2: and Nepal, it's momos. They're mm. little um, dumpling kind of things, and they mm. can have they can either be steamed or fried. They have greens, veggies, or sometimes meat. You can get yak momos, for instance. With meat oh. the in them, um, or buffalo, or beef, you know. No, not yeah. beef. Sorry, the Hindus don't do beef because it comes from a cow. The sake the cows mm. are sacred. Yeah, but yeah, momos and there's a drink, uh, which is a yogurt drink with fruit uh, called a lassi. So it's like a, a mango lassi is wonderful, very refreshing. Ooh. Yeah.
1: That mm-hmm. sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um I have a feeling I know the answer to this one, but do you have a favorite travel companion to explore with? Oh, it would be my husband, sure.
2: <laughs> yeah. But but on the trip that we're doing this
1: fall, mm-hmm.
2: uh around the middle of the trip, there's a spot where people could um friends and family members might come and meet us. And oh. visit the village and the school, and then go for a trek for two or three weeks, depending on how much time they have. So, much as we love each other, by then we'll like be sick of each other
1: and why we'll <laughs> <have laughs> some other people,
2: maybe.
1: So, yeah. I love it. Um, do you collect any kind of um, souvenirs or do you have a favorite keepsake from any of your trips? Uh,
2: yes, I often uh,
1: collect a bell because bells are small
2: and you can put them in your backpack Mm -hmm. and you don't want the poor porter to have, you know, you have a porter with you. You don't want them to have to carry something too heavy. Sure. Okay. This, this would be a bell from a pony. Oh, it's so pretty. Yeah. 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 So, I, yeah, I collect bells, actually. That bell is from Namche Bazaar and the Everspace Camp Circuit. Wow, very mm-hmm. cool. It's just a small thing, but, you know, it reminds me because often when you're on the trails trekking, mm-hmm. um, either coming at you or coming from behind you, there might be, a, you know, a, a driver with 10 yaks carrying stuff from one village to the other because sure. there's no road in that section. And you hear their bells. So it always reminds me of the donkeys or the ponies or the ox oh, coming.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Do you have a uh, favorite piece of travel advice that either you've received or one that you like to give to other travelers? Um, I think it's
2: it's also getting ready for travel. I had a friend in mm-hmm. Vancouver that would ski cross country ski until he was 90 every day in season wow. and rain or shine he'd been a prisoner of war and you know i think he just loved life and loved being alive mm. his name was ralph and he would say whatever you do stay positive and keep moving baby
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, i love
2: it <laughs> So I remember that when I'm not getting off the couch, you know. Sure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's relatable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is there anything currently at the top of your travel bucket list that you haven't been able to cross off yet?
2: Uh, Well, a lot of these trails that we're doing in Nepal Mm -hmm. in the fall will be places we've never been in before. So Mm -hmm. they're within Nepal. Also, there's um, areas in Patagonia that we'd love to go hiking as well in South America. Ooh. Mm -hmm. But
1: we kind of have to finish off Nepal first. Well, sure. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Understandable. That's amazing. Patty, this has been it's such an incredible conversation. I'm so glad that we connected. If people want to find you or sponsor part of your upcoming trek or uh, buy school supplies for your school in Nepal, how can we get in touch with you? Where can we find you?
2: Uh, you can find me on my website, which is uh, shales. S-H-A-L-E-S, Lefkos, L-E-F-K-O-S. So pattyshaleslefkos.com. That Excellent. is I have an author page on Facebook, Pattyshales Lefkos. And then I also have the nonprofit page on Facebook, which is
1: called Nepal One Day at a Time. Perfect. And I will include links to everything in the episode show notes so people can easily find you and hopefully support some of the amazing things that you're doing. Um, Thank you again. This has been so just inspiring. And I am so appreciative that you took the time to chat with me.
2: Thank you. And thank you for your time and your patience.
0: (laughs) If you enjoyed this episode, the best way to show your support is to rate or review us on whatever platform you're listening and if this episode left you feeling like you just had to be there reach out to kelly to start planning an adventure of your own don't forget to follow us at had there 203 on instagram facebook and twitter and visit our website www.hadtobethere.net until next time get out there and make your own had to be there memories